Welcome back to Beyond the Booth. I'm your host, Caitlin Capers, and as always, be sure to follow and subscribe to Beyond the Booth on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also follow Beyond the Sound on Twitter and Instagram at B-Y-D-T-H-E-S-O-U-N-D. Today, my guest is Peter Beatty. Uh, he also goes by R.I. Peter. How you doing today, man? I'm good, Cameron. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. First of all, I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to be talking to you because this is our first time actually having a conversation, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I was introduced to you through Sean from Mana Records, so I want to shout him out too. Um, I feel like I've known him for a really long time. He's like one of those guys you don't know how long you've like, known him for. He's yeah. always around you. Know? <laughs> absolutely, yeah, um, just like at every every show around town. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I want to give him a shout out for like introducing me to your music. Um, and like I said before, we started recording. This podcast has been cool for me just to meet new people and like also learn things alongside the listeners as well. Um, so I was reading about you a little bit before the interview, and I read that video games uh, from the early 90s and the 2000s kind of inspired your sound, which I thought was really interesting because when I read that, it made me think about how much video games inspired me too musically. Um, nice. And a lot of times they go hand in hand, obviously, so... I just wanted to talk about what are some video games specifically that kind of first sparked that interest for you musically too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's absolutely the case. I, um, I honestly, the first ones that come to mind, uh, like the legend of Zelda series, uh, was just Mm -hmm. huge. Like Ocarina of time for the N64 growing up was just kind of like blew my mind. Uh, it was like one of my favorite games and always was just so mysterious. And I think the, uh, the music plays a really huge part in, in the series um, as far as like setting, uh, setting the scene really like creating um, the ambiance of an environment. You know, when you're playing a video game, you're looking at a screen. So you're not really, you're not really there, but you're, you're the designers have, have designed it in a way that, uh, try they try to make it as immersive as possible right and so like you only have so many senses right. to do that with sight and sound and so like sound design is such a huge part um i always thought those games had just like incredible music um i believe the music was written by uh, uh koji kondo i believe is his name he's kind of like the like pioneer okay. nintendo uh composer who just wrote a bunch of nintendo's like classic iconic mm-hmm. little um songs um so yeah that was huge um right for sure um also uh you know i think i i played a ton of the halo series because i was like in eighth grade when halo 3 came out and you know that was i feel like every as every oh God. as every like young teenage boy did at that time <laughs> uh same yes and and honestly i think the music in in the halo series is beautiful like it's actually really great um mm-hmm. uh a lot of the composition and like sound design is so good in those games too honestly uh but no i really it really all comes back to um kind of like fantasy games on the nintendo 64 that's really like what mm-hmm. evokes that kind of 64 bit sense of nostalgia for me i didn't really play any too many games on like the super nintendo before that uh so that's kind of what got me started Mm -hmm. i actually have a on my ep there's a song called lord of the mountain that's like uh that's a direct reference to uh breath of the wild because there's a character called Lord of the Mountain. So, and there's That's like really cool. You brought that up. I was actually yeah. doing that earlier today. Oh, nice. Yeah, and and they approached the yeah. <laughs> music 
like in such a different way on that game like they took like the minimalist mm-hmm. approach like took all the, the iconic old songs that are just like really like ear buggy and catchy and they just completely like di- dissected them and and like just spread them out over you know like l- one piano note every 10 seconds or mm-hmm. something so no yeah that game is really cool because i never really played zelda growing up like i knew what it was mm-hmm. but i never really was that deep into it yeah um, but breath of the wild was the first zelda, zelda game I ever played and it's such a beautiful game like visually and sonically like you said yeah and yeah it definitely makes you feel way more like into it and like you're really a part of the game and not just you know mindlessly playing it yeah um, that game came out well like two or three years ago and i still play it like there's still so much to do and like like you said the music definitely plays a huge part of that as well yeah so um, so immersive it's it's beautiful mm-hmm. i love it definitely yeah and i was thinking about some other video games like now that i was reading about you and your inspiration uh, behind it um i don't know if you ever played ea sports mvp uh baseball like 2005 oh man uh, uh for gamecube not that one in particular <laughs> but i have played like a slew of you know ea games throughout the 2000s <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that i was never was really big for me because they actually was it yeah, it was, uh, the, it was uh, the Strokes by Reptilia. That song was on there. And that was the oh, first time I've heard it yes. before. Hell and yes. I was like, what is this? And that was just like, <laughs> a huge moment for me, for sure. <laughs> nice. You know, actually, you just yeah. reminded me that uh, I like I forgot to mention that, like, honestly, Rock Band and Guitar Hero were, like, huge mm. in my musical development. Like, shout out to shout out to uh, Activision uh, for the development for of, sure. of those. Uh, well, of Guitar Hero, at least. But, um. No man, I think right. <laughs> those those games seriously do like open the doorway to uh kids like getting into music and getting into playing music and feeling like getting a taste of what it feels like to like perform. Mm-hmm. Um right. And uh I was obsessed like with rock band. Like I was like I have to five star every single song on expert on drums <laughs> and guitar and bass. Same. Vocals I didn't do because I was like, oh that's not cool. But <laughs> But right. <laughs> yeah, I think Reptilia was on a, it was on like rock band or something. I don't know. But yeah, I would just be in my parents' basement, just like beating the hell out of those rock band drums. I had to like buy multiple <laughs> of replacement drum kits because like the heads would just like fall off because I played them so much. Right. <laughs> yeah, they definitely were not built for longevity at all. No, not um, at all. And I'm sure, I'm sure yeah, my parents so, love um, that. Just like, just like I would wear headphones too. So it would just literally just be like, you know the sound of like the sticks hitting the yeah, drums sound. that's it just like the percussive like right. nothing happening there but uh god bless them for uh that's allowing hilarious. that to happen <laughs> right <laughs> yeah they're strong for that for sure um yeah so growing up in like the late 90s like early 2000s like i was born in 96 so it's really interesting how like consuming music back then was so different than it is now because we're still like on the cusp you know of like myspace and facebook and all that yeah and so a lot of times, like, the only way you hear new music was, like, the radio or, like, what your parents were listening to and stuff because we didn't have Spotify and all that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's really crazy how the internet has really changed, like, music. Um, so outside of video games, who are some artists that kind of inspired you before, before you started making your own music? I w- so I would say the kind of the um, the turning point for me musically. So, like, when I was – uh, in my like early teens and like preteens, you know, like I picked up uh, like a Blink-182, a Weezer and like a Green Day CD from like Wal- the like Walmart discount bin or something. And uh, and that was like what my friends and I were into. Like we were like wanted to skateboard and like listen to like Good Charlotte and stuff. Uh, and then like. Uh, <laughs> the simple <simplest> not. <laughs> yeah. 
and um <laughs> and then a friend turned me on to arcade fire in like 2007 um mm-hmm. when they released their second album neon bible and he took me to a show at starlight amphitheater um with arcade fire and uh, lcd sound system open for them and uh oh wow yeah it was a it was a sick show it was like one of the first like actual shows i had ever been to and it just blew my mind like i was so blown mm-hmm. away by just everything and and uh, i became like uh, obsessed with arcade fire from that point on and uh I think they were kind of like what broke mm-hmm. me into like uh, indie music, I guess you could say, as opposed to just listening to like pop punk and like more, you know, just more like basic pop stuff. Right. Um, so I would definitely mm-hmm. give them some huge credit uh, in my early development. Uh, I love Radiohead was like one of my favorite bands for a super long time. I give them a ton of credit too. Uh Mm-hmm. at least like listening to some of their more like experimental stuff um that was kind of i think that broke the Definitely. mold uh and like that got me into like more weird and like experimental stuff for sure like their early albums like uh mm-hmm. kid a and amnesiac are like two of my favorites in rainbows is also are you familiar with with those records at all yeah i know a few of their songs not like yeah. deep records but i know a lot oh, of right popular on. hits though yeah, so I definitely need to do some more research. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. I just in Rainbows, which was like their they released that one in like 2007 or eight, I think. But it was like free online, and it had like House of Cards on it, which is a great song. It's, that album is just so beautiful. Um, uh, that really mm-hmm. like got me interested in like writing like more uh, like atmospheric music, I guess, as opposed to just like you know like classic rock or like you know music with like straight rock beats their music is a lot more like atmospheric Mm -hmm. and like ambient and that like i was like wow music can be like also i started smoking weed so uh i was just like oh (laughs) shit this yes i was like this is beautiful (laughs) like oh my god um so yeah i'd give them a lot of credit in my like angstier like rock days i loved muse uh I, I was like a big, mm. big Muse fan because they just like they have some super heavy rocking riffs. And so I was really into that. Basically all just like Brit uh, alt rock, <laughs> I guess. But uh, yeah, like as growing up, those right. were like some of my favorites for sure. Um, as of late, as of late, you know, just like, oh, my gosh, I've been into like literally everything. Uh um same here yeah it's all over the place yeah it's definitely all over the place been like going back in time a lot and like uh revisiting some old stuff um uh mm-hmm. so i yeah i think those are a lot of, i did you know i feel like a lot of kids have like a classic rock phase so i did i for sure had a classic rock phase where i loved like boston was my favorite band for a second uh say yeah say <laughs> that, like middle school absolutely <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And just like, yeah, have, have delved into just more and more. I think as I like started playing shows and like meeting artists who like weren't like on mainstream labels or like really even touring nationally, mm-hmm. it's really like got me interested in just like learning all I can about uh, local artists and then like having real relationships with these people. I think, I feel like that can make people's music um, a lot more impactful. Like, even if it's not recorded in like, yeah, not recorded in like a, a a professional studio with like thousands of dollars thrown at it. It's, 
and like maybe someone across the country like mm-hmm. would listen to it and like not be interested but i feel like having that like personal connection um like really really can make songs like hit hard and so i've been really into that kind of connection mm-hmm. with music lately that's really cool um and yeah i think it was interesting you mentioned how like you kind of ventured more into like more open-ended type of music and like writing because i definitely had the same like mindset like listening to rock music is so structured you know and mm-hmm. has like a like a formula almost so i definitely as i've gotten older i've learned like it's okay for music to be like where you fuck up something or there's like a little sound that's messed up like i think that's cool because it kind of shows that it's like organic and it's like you're not trying to make everything like crystal clear and perfect it's like allowed to be messy and kind of have those little um imperfections i think it makes the song more important and sometimes like especially uh, i've been getting a lot more into punk music nice um, i never listened to it growing up a lot so that's been really cool to like just hear how like free they are and just kind of going with like the sound and not trying to make everything yeah more perfect so i think that's really interesting for sure yeah um, so i wanted to ask um it's really interesting how music everyone starts in a different path like at a different jumping off point so I wanted to ask you, when you first started playing music, like what instrument did you learn how to play first? Uh, I, so my parents like forced me to take piano lessons as a kid, which I know that's like how many people <laughs> kind of get their start. Uh, right. So I did that, but I like hated it and never wanted, I, I was never interested in like my mom had to just like force me uh, like I, I just fought her every step of the way. And uh, like one day mm-hmm. I was just, I, I said, mom, I want to level with you. Uh, I think I I just watched School of Rock. I was like a chubby oh, God. little goo. That was a moment. Oh, it was. It, oh, that was absolutely p- <laughs> pivotal to be sure. I just watched School of Rock. I'm, I'm a goofy, like chubby kid. I like, I, this makes me want to play guitar so bad. Can I like, please switch to guitar and not play piano anymore? And so like, to me, I was like, this is like, a genius win-win I don't have to play piano and I like want to play guitar so I started taking guitar lessons uh and uh the rest is history so yeah I was like definitely like a guitar kid um and then like as I you know got a little mm-hmm. bit older and started you know listen to Oasis when I was in eighth grade or whatever I was like oh wait piano is actually cool <laughs> um and 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 Coldplay, mm-hmm. yeah, bands like that. I was like, oh wait, you can like make like some cool piano music. Uh, so yeah, so then I, I I did like pick up piano again, but it was primi- primarily guitar is what I really like. What kind of got me interested in music in the first place? Because I just yeah, I loved. I was all aboard the School of Rock, Jack Black Train, dude. Like I, he got me into all <laughs> just the <laughs> classics. So <laughs> definitely. I actually, uh, you brought up Starlight Theater earlier. I actually saw Jack Black uh, last year before COVID or whenever it was. I can't even keep track of time anymore. Yeah, did Tenacious um, D come to town? They were doing merch. And nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so getting to see them, I was like, that was a moment for me because Tenacious D, that movie was so hilarious when I was in, like the fifth grade. So yeah. Jack Black in person was like, I just felt, yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Um, Legendary. So, yeah, Jack Black has definitely been a huge inspiration for me too. Nice. Uh, that album is actually really good. Like it's a goofy movie, obviously, <laughs> but um, yeah, like they definitely that was a really an impressive album, and like, I just love rock music so much. So yeah, that movie was great for sure. Yeah, um, my my roommates and also brought up Coldplay, which is interesting. Oh, I apologize. Go ahead. Oh no, yeah, you're good. I was gonna say Coldplay. Um, I don't know if you listen to Haley Williams. She just released, uh, released two albums actually, and the newest one. You can definitely hear a lot of Coldplay like influence on uh-huh. the piano, like you said, and just 
very minimalistic. So if you haven't heard that yet, I think you would dig her. I haven't. I don't. You, you can go. Is that Haley Williams of uh of Paramore, or am I thinking of someone else? Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think you would dig it. She released two albums. Like one was when COVID first started, and the last one just came out like a month ago. Oh, right on. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to check that out for sure. I uh. Mm. Oh, we were just talking about Coldplay. Who are we talking about right before Coldplay? Uh, your roommate. I think you're going to say something. Oh, yes. He, uh, oh, my God. We're Tenacious D. Um, <laughs> no, every now and again, we'll like start just like riffing on some old Tenacious D song, and we'll start like singing them together. <laughs> and uh, uh, and then like we'll actually listen to a couple. I'm like, damn, this is like actually like impressive. Like the, the production <laughs> yeah, is really incredible. Is. Like the, the songwriting and uh, musicianship is like top notch. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is like incredibly well done stuff. Like hats off to KG and yeah. Jables. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Like master exploder, that guitar riff still to this oh, day is amazing. Incredible. Um, yeah. And I didn't even know that Dave Grohl played Satan in that movie. So that was just like another like awakening for me. I'm like, yeah, oh my man. God, this movie has everything. <laughs> it really does. I'm still to this day a huge Foo Fighters fan too. So having him in the movie was even cooler. Oh, nice. That's Absolutely. Good. Yeah. Um, they actually had a documentary uh, Foo Fighters did. It was like 2011, I think. Uh, Wasting Light, I think it was what it was called. Mm. That was really good as well. I just saw it the other day on like Amazon or something. Um, but anyway, to get back on track, <laughs> just ramble on about rock music for hours. Um, so I mentioned, uh, Manor Records earlier, um, and you released your debut self-titled EP with them, um, and then upcoming project as well, the Soft Circle, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well. Um, so can you just talk about when you initially started working with them? Yeah, absolutely, man. So, um, Sean, who runs Manor Records, and I actually, mm-hmm. uh, met in high school, we went to high school together, um, oh, okay. at, uh, St. James Academy in Lenexa, Kansas. So we're a couple of uh catholic school boys um but uh uh so we did yeah we took a couple music classes together in high school and just like became friends over all you know all the music i just mentioned (laughs) um just like classic rock and we're like dude we should just like play guitars together and so we like so yeah we we jammed a couple times like in high school and and um just became friends that way and uh then we we eventually in high school pl- started playing in a band called Rev Gusto, um, and just like I think I've heard of that before actually yeah yeah they, the, we used to get some a little bit of airtime on like the Buzz um, like in like 2012 or 2013 okay, probably yeah um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah we were just it was just a bunch of like young dudes playing garage rock uh, when yeah and when we were in high school and then a little. Uh, lasted a little bit after high school um so we were in that group together and that was like that was huge for us as young musicians like that was like our first experience like playing shows at all and like doing any touring and uh like we we were able to like play at the midland to like open for some people which was just like for you know 17 year old me was just like mind-blowing um like it was it was a crazy experience (laughs) uh and uh so, so we did that together and that was, I think where we kind of like locked in our, like, uh, our, our musical passions basically became intertwined at that point. And, um, mm-hmm. he started, so he started throwing house parties, uh, at the house that like the band lived in, in Shawnee, Kansas, and it was called the Shawnee Manor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and like Glass Animals and Heinz played there one night, which was like super sick. Uh, they like I, think both... I remember seeing that on social media when that happened. Yeah, yeah, it, it was so nutty. So yeah, Heinz. Um, are you familiar with Heinz? They're like a band of really cool gals from. They're from uh, Madrid, I believe. But uh, they're just like yeah, I've heard of them before. Yeah, it's just like some fun lo-fi indie rock, and mm-hmm. uh, they were opening for Glass Animals at the Midland, and Glass Animals were like, "Oh, do you mind if we?" Oh, we don't want to crash the party, but like, could we stop by? Like, would that be all right? And we're like, I guess, I guess they can come, whatever. Of uh, course it is, yeah. And then they came and we're like, could you guys like play some songs or whatever? And they're like, sure. So they did. It was, it was a super cool time. Uh, Definitely. Um, so yeah, we just like had house shows at this house. And eventually Rev Gusto, our first band, like fell apart. And uh, then we started a band called Mama's Boy. Um and mm-hmm. and we're so we're actually currently working on recording like just in the the start of recording a record together um and so yeah so we've basically um i've like been involved with the manor or with manor records i should say in some capacity since since it started as like uh you know it was like that diy house show music venue and then like the mm-hmm. the label kind of grew out of that once uh once the physical venue was no more, Sean wanted to like continue uh, his work with like local music. And so it became, it became Manor Records and we've just been putting stuff out and, and having fun and playing music ever since. No, it's really cool. And that's something I've really been um, reflecting on over the past like, few years. Mm-hmm. It's like how important like community is. And like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Issa Rae. She's a director. Um, I was watching some interview with her. And she was basically saying, like, when she first started, like, you have to work with people next to you as opposed to, like, trying to, like, reach above you. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck with me. I think a lot of times as musicians, we think we have to, like, get signed to a label and, like, do all this and, like, you know, have, like, the stereotypical path of, like, being successful. But I think it's way more valuable and important to, like, work with people in your community and, like, build something that you can be proud of, you know, not just trying to immediately go to, like, the big label. Which is not a bad thing, obviously, but yeah. I think there's definitely a lot of value in um yeah and it really means a lot more when you build something with people in the same community as you so yeah yeah i've always had a ton of respect for sean and just everything he's been doing um i think we met at um it was in the record bar like mills record company when he used to work there i don't remember it was one of those two yeah um, yeah, yeah. absolutely one of those guys who's always here around yeah exactly like i i know a lot of people uh like from him at least he'll be like oh yeah i like that person used to come to mills all the time and it's just like and i'm sure everyone else is like oh yeah that's that guy who works at mills like <laughs> exactly uh, yeah i feel like i feel like mills in particular like or i guess any record store in town it's like the people who work there a lot like you will probably meet like every single person who likes music <laughs> exactly. at some point uh so yeah there there's a lot of uh visual contact for sure but no i agree he, he definitely he, yeah he does a lot of great stuff man and uh no, I appreciate it. It's it's always fun working with him, and uh, he does it for the for the love of the music and the community, and uh, mm-hmm. that's what it's all about, man. And and to your point, um, I feel like like whenever you see something like really cool that like someone puts out, like whether it's like a photo shoot or a music video or like whatever, like they're like generally speaking, there's like a lot of people's hands on that. Like it 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 takes a lot of work from a lot of people to make something cool. And I feel like the only way to like really establish those relationships is to just like work, work together from like the bottom up um, and like set yourself with a strong like communal foundation. And, and like, I, 
I finally have gotten to a point after playing like shows around KC for like almost 10 years now that like, you know, I, with, with my album release, like we were able to like put together a really cool, like double music video. We like put together a photo shoot, um, just with, with these people who I now consider friends, but like 10 years ago, I, you know, I wouldn't even have known where mm-hmm. to begin. So community's huge. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's, that's really interesting. For sure, yeah. Um, yeah, and the same thing for me. Like, I was just thinking about the other day, my brother and I, like, we were having shows in, like, high school. Like, my friend's, like, club, like, community clubhouse. Yeah. You know? like, and I think that's so cool. Like, just having the passion to just, like, making it happen no matter what. Not trying to just, like, you know, like, sit in your hands. And, like, I think that's really cool. That And that spirit is definitely really strong in, in the city, especially. Like, there's a lot of people just, like, doing it themselves and not waiting around for other people to do it for them. I think that's really important. Absolutely. Because um, even Nick to this day. Yeah, I'm still learning about new artists in the city I've never heard of before, so it's really cool to, like, not only be a part of it, but see that it's constantly evolving and, like, new people are coming out, you know, so it's really exciting for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah something, I agree. Yeah, so something that's been, like, a common theme on the podcast since I started it during uh, COVID has been the pandemic, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something I said earlier about, you know, community is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and for creatives across the board, I think it's been really hard, especially for me, at least I'll say, uh, to be inspired, you know, to create stuff. Um, and kind of keep going and I wanted to know like over the past year has that been something you've dealt with at all yeah I I definitely feel like you know going to shows and seeing like bands that were either like really really fun or just like the 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 feeling in the room was great or like just Mm -hmm. performance wise for like incredible musicians I feel like that was always what like gave me like the energy to want to create more Um, Mm -hmm. and so I do I feel like that's like you know, the joie de vivre is like lacking a little bit in that sense. Uh, um, so I've had to like pull it from some other places, I feel like. But yeah, man, I, I do I do miss uh, having feeling that sense of community in like such like a visceral way as like mm-hmm. going to just like a local like uh, DIY show and like moshing and like hitting a bunch of people. But like everyone's <laughs> loving it and sweating all over each other. Right. <laughs> it's just like one of the best feelings right. and uh and i for sure miss it i'm sure i'm sure uh everyone will like flock to the nearest diy punk venue as soon as everyone's vaccinated yeah <laughs> doesn't matter where it's at right right exactly <laughs> yeah no definitely um yeah yeah like i said before this podcast has definitely been like a silver lining for me to be able to still have some sense of you know interaction with other people in a safe way and still be able to talk about what they're doing. Um, cause I, yeah, like I said, I just think it's interesting to learn about different people's uh, perspectives and the way they write and all these different things. I just think it's really cool. So yeah, I'm definitely appreciative of still having some form of, you know, an outlet to yeah. have these conversations for sure. Yeah, ab- absolutely, man. And, and I guess those outlets for me have been like not only working on, on RIP or like my solo project, but me and, uh, me and Sean and a couple other, um, of our good friends who we've played music with um, who play in, in mama's boy with us. And another friend of ours started a, uh, mm-hmm. a like music and arts cooperative uh, in the crossroads called deep space uh, co-op. Okay. And it, it's actually uh, adjacent to the stray cat film center. If you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't think so. Maybe I've seen it before. Yeah. I didn't, didn't know what it was. It's a, uh, it's, it's on, like 16th and Broadway right across from the Kaufman center, but it's just like a, a cool little, 
uh, I believe it was a Charlotte Street Foundation grant originally, and it's just like mm-hmm. a small little movie theater. Um, but so we're we're in a, a space next to them and just have like a couple thousand square feet to work with. Um, and we have like, uh, basically we're like offering musicians and artists like rehearsal um, and workspace. Um, like we have like a full like stage set up somewhat and uh, um, like a whole, we re- we've like recorded a couple bands now. So we, we're up to like eight or nine members like rec- uh, practicing and like rehearsing uh, every week. So I- I've definitely like felt mm-hmm. some sense of community by by getting that going and just like basically like the space came up for lease and we we're like, this is like such a sick spot um, and we want like uh the Kansas city, like music community to like be able to use it, um, to their advantage. So we basically just like Mm -hmm. have a bunch of really cool, uh, musicians who just like need a like cheap and like COVID safe place to rehearse. Um, we've just been, been doing that for since about like July, I think. So if, if any musicians listening to this, um, are in need of a rehearsal space, hit me up. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely make sure to put that in the description too. So people can uh, look into that. That's Thanks, really man. cool. Um, so yeah, I want, yeah, of course I wanted to talk about your upcoming project, a uh, soft serve. So it's 12 tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a lot of artists, I think releasing a full album can be, um, it's really intimate and important process, obviously, especially when it's something that you're giving to other people to listen to. Um, so I wanted to ask, like, when did you first start putting this project together? Like, was it all like you're writing all the songs like at once or did you have some demos or like how, how did it all start for you originally? So I uh, released my my debut EP in, I believe, June of 2019. And uh, basically, like, as soon as I was finished writing that, I just like uh, the writing never really stopped. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the, the songs that I wrote right after that are now um coming onto this album actually the first two that i wrote uh i've already released as like a it was a single so it was like a cassette with a song on each side um so i put those out uh, a couple months back and during the summer and uh those two songs are going to be on the album as well um but yeah basically i've been writing the album ever since uh honestly like uh, uh right when covid struck i was working at a restaurant here in town and uh lost my job obviously when the restaurants shut down and so had a lot of free time on my hands and that's what really like I I might have had a couple of the songs on the record done by that point but that really gave me the extra time and push to uh just really like dig in and start working on it so uh I I believe I finished recording and producing it in uh like late October so probably like a year and a half basically is when I like started writing the first song to when I finished the last song was about a year and a half very Um, cool yeah yeah it was just uh a very like just fun and relaxing process honestly and i think hopefully that reflects in the the listen of the album um i feel like it's a Mm -hmm. i feel like the record's a pretty uh solid like representation of who i am as a person like i just i i I didn't have anything in mind going in other than like just Mm -hmm. wanting to make something that like I thought sounded cool and fun. And there's like some goofy samples on there. There's, there's like some French indie Tronica, uh, genre material in there. There's some like glam rock. There's, uh, you know, there's all sorts of fun stuff. Like it gets a little like country. There's some like pedal steel in there at times. So nice. Yeah. has like some Sufjan Stevens, sad boy vibes. Like there's, (laughs) there's just a lot going on. And it's, I was just like, 
letting it flow basically so uh no, that was the process yeah, I like that um mm-hmm. just being a fan of music i've seen over the like a long time now like a lot of times when artists release an album and fans want it to be a, a different way you know and it's like i've learned you can't please everyone at the end of the day so you yeah. really have to make what you want to make and like what you like feels true to you and not trying to create for other people i think when you do that it kind of stifles your creativity you're like distressing yourself out you know trying to please all these groups of people it's like you can't it's like not possible so it's like exactly yeah you really have to yeah you have to just do what you want i think that's really cool and that's something that you can see in a lot of different artists here it's like you can tell they're making stuff that they want to make and not just trying to appeal to like the masses or anything like that and i think that's why the scene here is so diverse and um yeah just so talented because everyone's doing different things and it's really cool um so when you were writing this were you doing this all by yourself or were you working with like other people in the scene or was it just like a personal thing by yourself um so it definitely started as, as by myself. Um, mm-hmm. I, I pretty much, I did like write and record and like mix and engineer and produce everything just like by myself. I'm actually currently sitting in my little like home studio that I built. That's like very minimal. There's definitely not a lot happening in here, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I did most of it in here. Um, uh-huh. But I did reach out to a couple friends, like uh, my good friend Jared, who plays bass in my band Mama's Boy. Uh, he played bass on a couple mm-hmm. tracks. I did. Uh, I outsourced uh, the pedal steel. Uh, a buddy, Cal, who lives in Springfield, Missouri, did the uh, did the pedal steel guitar mm-hmm. on a couple tracks. Shout, shout out to Cal because I think it really adds a lot. It, it was really fun to work with him on that. Uh, no, it's a cool sound for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Um, uh, and then I, I did sample uh, like this dude I know um, who's like a producer from uh, Bloomington, Indiana, just like knew of him through like bands that I was a fan of. I knew he produced their stuff. Uh, he released some like drum sample packs. So I like sampled his drums for some songs. Um, and so, yeah, but so nice. I did, there was a little collaboration there. Um, and I did like, uh, I definitely bounced quite a few ideas off of like, Sean and and Jared who I just mentioned who played bass and like a lot of my like close inner circle of like musician friends I like throughout the whole process was just like do you have notes on this do you have notes on this what do you think I could add guitars to this part do you like could this Mm -hmm. could this come up in volume like the whole process was just like a uh was just like always troubleshooting what I could do better on a track um I would like, I'd like to shout out Ross Brown uh, from Shy Boys and Full Bloods because he's just always been super, super helpful. Okay. He, uh, he, he did some recording work with Mama's Boy. He's, he is a, uh, just an engineering mastermind and synth wizard uh, whom, whom I respect very much. And he's always been super, super helpful in giving uh, awesome feedback on my production. So I really, he was, he was very helpful as well, just giving me some some good criticisms of my shoddy amateur production work <laughs> but uh yeah it's pretty much me other than that honestly <laughs> which i guess uh adds to the whole um just the idea that the record is a into you know an intimate self uh reflection definitely no, that's really cool I'm, I'm really excited to hear it um so as we start to wind down here i just wonder as obviously the album comes out uh, this year but outside of that, do you have any plans like moving past that, like releasing more music or you're just kind of just going with the flow for the rest of the year? Yeah, nothing. No plans too crazy. So the, the record comes out on March 19th, um, hoping to have mm-hmm. some sort of like live broadcast that night. So 
which should be super fun. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I do have definitely. I have a date locked in uh, in late April at Lemonade Park in the West Bottoms. It's like a big outdoor. Okay. Uh, music venue yeah um, i was just introduced to that spot not too long ago nice yeah so it's uh mm-hmm. so i have a date locked down there for maybe a potential covid and uh weather pending a uh a like actual <laughs> right. like physical album release show um mm-hmm. but other than that man i mean i have a bunch of like leftover tracks that didn't make the cut for the record that i'm kind of i kind of want to do like maybe like a a single like with an a side and like i i have i wrote this like uh, 80s piano ballad on my trusty Yamaha DX7 synthesizer from 1984. Nice. <laughs> uh, uh, on so I wrote I wrote that song and it's it's like on standby. So I would that would be the side A and the side B. I have this like old 1800s big old upright piano in my uh, uh, front hallway. I was like, well, like that'd be cool to just do like an acoustic side B. So I got I have a couple songs. Uh, uh, waiting in the wings that that might come out eventually um but other than that man we're just right. I, i'm just uh enjoying creating whenever it, it comes up uh whenever the feeling is right and just kind of going with the flow of of whatever feels natural so um no no crazy plans especially since covid you know everything's up in the air so so we'll see what happens right yeah that's why i asked everyone yeah it's so hard to yeah, gauge things moving forward yeah um but yeah i think it's just really cool to, yeah just to not really have like a structure just doing what you feel is right not putting too much pressure on yourself for sure exactly well yeah man this was a great conversation i want to say thank you uh for speaking with me this was really fun um and i'm really excited to hear the album like i said because you definitely have a lot of different elements that i've listened to my entire life that i could hear just from the music i've heard so far so um yeah i'm definitely excited to hear the project man yeah thank you so much cameron thanks for having me on it's it's been a pleasure um i really appreciate it and and uh, i hope you enjoy the record and i hope anyone listening who listens to it does as well um i had a lot of fun writing it and uh i hope that that is like reflected when you listen to it at least even if it's just like maybe you're not into it but it's just like goofy as hell maybe you can <laughs> maybe you're into that part of it uh so <laughs> do it we'll, we'll laugh we'll cry and and everything in between so but yeah thanks so much man i really appreciate it Definitely. <laughs>